Thanks for tuning into our podcast this week. We're currently in our brew series, and this week is all about when life hands you lemons, time to trade it in for coffee. Me? Okay, thanks, Pat. Thanks for being honest, okay? <laughs> Still early, I guess. Um, anyways, this, this sermon series, I've loved it. I'm, I'm a huge coffee fanatic. But the, the whole premise of this sermon series is following the life of a coffee bean from plant to cup and all the, all the steps in between and relating it to our lives of what we're learning from God and the Bible. And in this series, we, look at, we really looked at the, the bean, the coffee bean, is the life of a, of a servant. It's, it's service. It's serving another. It, there's nothing in it for the coffee bean at all. And it, it's kind of like the life of a Christian, we're, we're here to serve God. God speaks to us, and we move forward, and, and it's this life of service. And in, in reality, we looked at, in the first week, what it means to have a servant's heart. It was worship. That's what a servant's heart is, is just worship. How are we worshiping God in, in our actions? This week, we're on the home stretch. Next week, it's the finale. We actually get to see the cup of coffee. It's done. It's over with. But this week, it's the last step before that. It's the labeling process, right? You don't, you don't just like go to your kitchen and coffee just presents itself. Like it has to come in a package, right? It has to be labeled first. Um, ha- have you ever been in your life and you felt like someone else labeled you something? A lot of times that's not the best feeling at all. But there, there's this season where we can go through where other people will label us or we label ourselves. Or we think, oh, this is who I am and I'm, I'm sticking to it. And, and it can be tragic in our lives. Like that, that labeling attitude. And this week we're looking at this, this guy's name, Gideon in the Bible, who was labeled weak. He was labeled the underdog. He was labeled a coward, really. And God started saying, that's not who you are. I'm calling you this. And his life started changing around and he started actually going forward in life. And he stepped out of this fear and this idea that he was labeled as a coward. And so this, that's the concept that, is we might feel labeled as one thing, but we need to rely on what God is labeling us as. Okay, so number one, labeled from our past. Labeled from our past. One of the the interesting things about coffee beans when you go to the store is, I don't know about you, but I always check to see what the roast is. It's like light, medium, dark. How many people love the light roasts? How many light roasters are there? No? Okay, thank you. Thanks, David. You and me. We're just going to stick it out with light roasts, okay? Yeah, it does. It's true. Light roast has the most caffeine. Medium roast. How many medium roasters are there? Okay. Like medium of the room. And then dark roasters. How many dark roasters are there? Okay. A few. <laughs> A few. And, and the interesting thing is they, they have different descriptions of what each roast does. Each, the, the blonde roast or the light roast has the most caffeine and it has the most, most earth tones. You can tell actually the region it comes from. All the variants all the way up to the dark roast has all of the oils brought out and it's, it's actually burnt so you can taste the, the flavor of the bean and it burns away the excess of where it came from. It's, it's really interesting. I can't get into all of it today. But the crazy thing about it is depending on the roast, it has different flavors. Depending on its past that it went through, it can taste differently. Likewise with us, our past can dictate how we respond and how people take us into their lives. If we had a really rough past, we might be a little rough around the edges. If we had an easy life or maybe we were just really shy, we can, we can rub people the wrong way too. It's, it's interesting. Our past can sometimes dictate how we respond to people. 
And likewise, they can label us as one thing because of how we interact with those people. It's interesting. How, how are we labeled? In Judges 6, we're jumping into the story of Gideon. It says, One day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, not Oprah, Ophrah, that belonged to Joash the Abzerite, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress out of the sight of the Midianites. The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. Gideon replied, with me, master? If God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about, telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He has turned us over to the Midian. Gideon said to him, me, me and my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me, my clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. He obviously has labeled himself as, there's no way I can do what you're calling me to do. God's like, you're a mighty warrior. Ha, no. God's not even with us anymore. Like, why do good things happen to bad people? That's really what he's getting at here. God, what, you're not even showing up. You haven't even been here. You have showed up late to the party when we were calling on you years ago. And now we're in all this turmoil, and now you're talking to me, and I'm the worst tribe. I'm, I'm the least in my family. He's, he's the bench warmer, if you will. He's always picked last in gym class. That's what's really happening here. How can you even pick me? And how can you even pick my people? Like, you're not even showing up anymore. Labeled from our past, there's, there's three things going on with with Gideon here, and I think they're relevant to things that we go, have going on in our lives too. A, bullied. Another word is working in fear. In the first part of scripture, it says that he was threshing wheat in the wine press. Now, if you've ever threshed wheat in a wine press, you know that's not the place you thresh wheat. <laughs> you thresh wheat on a wheat threshing floor. So a wine press, what this, what this indicates is there's a stone basin or this hole in the ground where he's hiding out from the bullies, the bad guys, the enemy, whatever you want to call them. And he's hiding so he can try to get some food made for his family. And he's sitting there trying in the dead of the night and, and crushing all this wheat to try to get all the stuff ready to make bread and wheat and everything that comes with it. He, he's trying to hide from the enemy in the least found location. Why he's in the wine press is because it's not the time of year to do wine, so no one thinks to go check the wine press area. Have you ever been bullied in school? Like, I, I, I was a little bit. And you try to avoid the bullies by going to the least found spot. There's an avoidance mechanism that kicks in, and it's out of fear. I don't want to walk this way, even though it's the shortest way to class. I'll go the whole way around and just be late. I'll take the tardy, whatever. And there's this, there's this working in fear attitude that we can sometimes have. It's like, I have fear in my life, so I will go at the utmost farthest extent on the earth to avoid what's really going on rather than just dealing with it. Like, have, you ever, have you ever had that happen? Like you're labeled of, you know what, I'd rather just avoid the confrontations in my life and just kind of go around them. You know, it, it happens in families, it happens in coworkers, it's, it happens everywhere. So Gideon has this avoidance happening in his life. The second thing is, be abandonment. 
he feels like God abandoned him, just straight up left him. He's like, where, where were you when these things happened? And I know that's, that's tough, like that, that strikes home. Have you ever felt this abandonment attitude of someone has just left you in your life or just dumped you or someone, a parent has done something where you feel abandoned? Like that is a very strong feeling. And it's easy to have your current situations dictated by your past abandonment feels. Like, have you ever had someone come into your life and you want to get close, but you're so scared of them abandoning you that you just don't trust them fully? So you always keep them in hands with away, and it's like, I, I, I love you just beyond like, but I don't want you getting closer because I'm scared you're going to abandon me like so-and-so. Yeah, you'll, you'll sabotage the relationships because there's abandonment issues. And that's what happen, is happening with Gideon. How can I trust you? to follow through when I put my own life on the line when you have abandoned us through my entire life up to this point? How, how can I even trust you? And so he's dealing with this abandonment. He's dealing with this fear. And then C, picked last. Gideon says, me and my master, how and with what could I ever save yours? Oh, look at me. I'm the clans. I'm my clans, the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. Picked last. It's the idea that you're not wanted. You're, you're, you're the least wanted. And what's hard is when you contextualize that today, we're not just talking about like high school or gym class, like, oh, yeah, I'm pick last in baseball. You know, it still hurts. What, you know, whatever. I was, okay, I was too. That's fine. But it's the moment when you're in a, in a relationship or a, a work environment and you're the last one notified, or you're the last one that a family member wants to talk to you about something. That hurts. And he's sitting here thinking, my entire family, I'm always the last picked. As a matter of fact, everyone else is fighting a war, and they told me to go stomp on wheat off in the back where no one else can find me. That's embarrassing. You're the last one, and God's like, I choose you, Pikachu. You know, what, I don't know. That just popped in my head. Pikachu is my f- kid's, like, favorite character right now. We'll walk in a store and like, Pikachu. I'm like, how did you see that? He's the last picked. See, his, his insecurities made him doubt God was really going to actually choose him. He's like, yeah, I, I hear your words, but your actions have yet to follow through. Have you, ever, have you ever been talking to someone and it's like, I believe what you're saying, but I just need you to do it rather than say it because your words are really nice. Uh-huh. And it's like, I've fallen for this one before. Just why don't you just, just do it and we'll see. And he's like, God, how can I even trust you? God loves taking our greatest failures, our greatest hurts and greatest fears and uses those to refine us, not define us. So there's this moment where, like the coffee being the light, medium, dark roast, all the process up to this point has defined what the coffee bean is. But in our lives, our past isn't supposed to define who we are. It's actually supposed to refine what God is doing in our lives at this moment. It's a refinement. And if we have that perspective we can allow forgiveness to happen in our hearts. We can allow this hurt to start washing away. God loves turning our hurts and pains to help others going through the exact same thing. 
All right, so this, the first thing was the roast. You have to look at the coffee bag and look at the roast. And the next thing is you have the name of the coffee bean, right? You don't just buy a coffee bag at Whole Foods or wherever just because it's a blank bag, right? You're like, man, this one, I bet it's really good. And there's no label on it. You know, that's, that's not what happens. There's always a name on a bag of coffee. Every single time, there's always a name. I have yet to go to a coffee store and see a nameless bag of coffee. That doesn't happen. And now some of you guys are thinking like, okay, there has to be one in my memory. I love it, because the name of the coffee is well thought out. It has to describe it, it has to mark it well, and the manufacturer weighs in heavily on it. So exercise in church, if you will. Think about your own name. What do you think of when you think of your own name? What do you, what do you think others think of your name? When someone talks about you and someone else hears your name, what do they think about when they hear your name? Is it like trustworthy? Is it friend? Is it annoying? Is it lazy? Is it, what is it? What do you allow others to say about your name? Because your actions dictate what people think about your name. That's really interesting. So Gideon has a name change at one point, and I, I think it's pretty interesting. So labeled by name, number two, your name to others, your name to others. So your actions determine how others see you, like I was talking about. What are you doing in your life that, that determines your name to other people? And it's really interesting because it's like, am I doing certain things that are sabotaging how people view me? Am I doing certain things that, that I don't realize I'm doing? I would like to tell a story right now, but I can't because I didn't, I didn't approve it by, through my wife. So maybe next week. A, or yeah, your name to others. B, your name to God. Your name to God. Judges 6, going back again. One day the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abazarite whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress out of sight of the Midianites, the angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. This is before Gideon says any words to God. And God straight up just calls him a mighty warrior. And then he answers with, well, well, I can't do this, I can't do this. Where were you? You abandoned me. My, I'm really scared. Uh, and he just starts giving a laundry list of all the reasons why he's not a mighty warrior. And God's like, maybe you didn't hear me. I named you a mighty warrior. And a lot of times to God, he's not looking at where we came from and what's happening in our lives. He's actually looking at what we're to become. Gideon turns out he, he took over this entire camp and became a mighty warrior because God proclaimed he was going to be a mighty warrior. That's the same over our own lives. Are we willing to understand and take on what God is calling us to be? Mighty warrior. Are, are we taking on God saying, you, I have chosen you, I have selected you, you are amazing? Or do we just keep turning God down and saying, no, you, you don't get it. Here's my past. God calls us what we're becoming. And then see your name to yourself. What do, you, what do you see about yourself? How do you see yourself as your name? And I think this was huge for Gideon. Because he, he always saw himself as last pick, the worst, you know, just completely off of it. 
But I love it. Fast forward into the story, Judges chapter 7, 1. Gideon's name shifts. It changes. Early in the morning, Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all his men came at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the church of Morah, near the hill of Morah. Jerubbabel. Everyone say Jerubbabel. That's, it's just kind of a fun name to say, I guess. It's kind of funny because his name changed after an action. God spoke to him, and he said, Gideon, there's an idol going on. There's some weird worship happening at your dad's house. Can you show up, and can you just tear down that altar that's not to me? And he's like, oh, okay. And so he goes to his dad's house, tears down this idol, tears down this pole, wrecks it. And it's a, it's a temple and idol to Baal, the god of that region. Okay, tears it down. And then his name from that moment forward was Jerubal, which means Baal contends. Which is kind of weird, because you're like, why would someone's name include an idol in it? So I, I love this. Jerubal, which is also Gideon. This, this idea that the enemy doesn't see him as a threat at all, sees him as a complete pushover until he shows up and says, no, you're wrong, and I'm stepping it up, and I'm tired of you making a mockery in my dad's house. And from that moment forward, that God, that, that Baal, whatever, he was named Baal Contends. And I, I got this from my notes. There will be a defining moment in our lives where the enemy will go from seeing us as a pushover to a threat. It is usually around the moment we hear God and act on it. And so Jerubal, his name was changed, not because he is fighting against Baal, but because Baal is now contending after him. It's this God that was angered in the story, and he's fake, but the people saw that he was coming after him to press in and, and try to hurt him, and he's like, no. He's not my enemy. He's not even real. And the, the fact is, a lot of times in our lives, when we start hearing God and we start acting after it, we'll start encountering opposition where the enemy is trying to come after us. What is our name to ourselves? And number three, labeled to be sent. The last thing on a, on a coffee bag, so you have the roast, you have the name, and then the last thing is, typically a barcode, right? There's some other gibberish on it for marketing value, some pictures and whatever of like, ooh, these, these notes contain this. There's some chocolate vanilla extract or whatever, you know? But every bag has a barcode. They all do. Now, I've, I've never personally been able to look at a barcode and be like, yep, beep, I know what that means. You know, I can't, I don't know. You know, we have devices that can read it and understand it. But a barcode is kind of interesting. It's the stamp from the manufacturer that goes to the distributor that goes to the end point of sale. Okay, that's, that's the barcode's whole purpose. And I was really thinking about the barcode is interesting because it tracks and protects that bag of coffee through the entire process. And it's really, if you look at it, almost like the Trinity. The manufacturer being God creating it. And then Jesus, the distributor, saying, I'm, I'm calling you, you're redeemed, I died on the cross for you, I'm ready to distribute you. And the point of sale is like the Holy Spirit when we have these interactions, these divine moments. It's this barcode that we can't really understand, but there's a stamp on our lives across our entire life of protection from God. 
And it's interesting. And there's this verse that God speaks over him. It says, But God faced him directly. Go in the strength that is yours. Which is actually kind of weird, because usually it's go in God's strength, but go in the strength that is yours. We'll circle back on that. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? Gideon was scared, but God relabeled him. He turned him from being scared to leading others out of fear. So the first thing is, go in your strength. That verse, it's so, it's so unusual, right? Go in the strength that is yours. Because it's like, take the strength of God. All the other verses, you know, rely on God's strength. God will give you strength. God will give you, you know, but it's like, go in your own strength. Which translates to, go into your giftings. Go into what you are good at and do that. And it, it blows my mind. And so Gideon goes to attack a little, you know, outpost of all these enemies. And he's like, the only thing I'm good at is playing the trumpet. And so he takes his trumpet and he plays a trumpet and that's how he wins. Read the story. It's just weird, okay? Go in your own strength. Go in what you're good at. And as Christians, I wish we'd get this more. Well, it's like, I, I just don't know how to serve. I don't know how to, how to worship God. That's, that doesn't fit my style. I don't, I don't get that. Well, you're supposed to go in your own strength, your giftings, your purpose, the things that you're good at, and do that in the kingdom of God. You don't need to fit in anyone else's shoes. You don't need to be good at what I'm at, and I don't need to be good at what you're at. Just be you. And that's what the story is getting at. God's saying, it's not about being like others. It's about being the best version of yourself through the power of God. What are you good at? Are you applying that to your everyday life? Go in your strength. And then B, mission-minded. It says, save Israel from Midian. There's this moment that God says, save your people from the enemy. How does this relate to us? We're called to help those that sometimes can't even help themselves. It's having this mission of, man, there's, there's people around me that, that are hurting, they're suffering, they're whatever, and, and I can help. Have you guys been seeing all of the, um, the viral YouTube videos lately on the, the anti-bullying stuff? Where like two kids will see someone getting bullied and then they'll, they'll make, they didn't even intentionally make a video, someone else just filmed it, but they bought one kid clothes to say, you know what? If you were making fun of your clothes, I, I bought you some clothes, and someone got that on YouTube, and it just went viral. It's been happening over and over. We need to be mission-minded. We have our own strengths of what we can do, and are we utilizing them to help people around us that really can't help themselves? That's, that's what our goal is in, in the relabeling process. And see, what are we waiting for? And the last part of the verse that says, haven't I just sent you? Meaning, why are you still sitting here? <laughs> why aren't you doing what I told you to do? Go in your own strength. You know who you're supposed to be helping because it's on your heart daily. Now do it. Stop asking questions. Stop doubting yourself. Stop buying into the lies that everyone else says about you. You can do it. One of the... the 
the things that I want to end on on Gideon is he was full of fear and he was scared. And he turned it around to, to be a mighty warrior. And what's interesting is he had to go after people that were filled with fear. He was literally rescuing people that are dealing with what he just dealt with himself. In our own lives, we'll be going through something tragic or whatever it might be, and when we come out the other side, God uses us to help those who are going through the same thing. Because it's like we get this new radar, if you will. It's like, oh, that person's going through what I just went through last year. I can help them out. That's, that's, that's what's happening in the story. Let's pray. God, work in our lives. Minister to us. Lord, help us to, to be relabeled. Help us to know that we're not just stuck in some kind of funk and that we're never going to get out. Let's not be sitting in a pit of despair like Gideon was in this wine press, but pull us out, rename us, relabel us, and help us start moving forward in life and helping everyone around that we can. The kingdom of God is not one person. It's all of us, Lord. Let's understand that and let us go after what you're calling us to do. In your mighty name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To learn more about us, our midweek online or in-person small groups, to even support us financially, visit us online at lighthouse805.com. Thanks and see you next time.